Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I am Steve Haller. Joining me this week, as always, Christian DeGuzman. Andy Pregler is lost singing karaoke somewhere. We'll pick him up sometime after the bye week. He also apparently got a bye week. Um, we're, we are distributing meal cartons in the Brooklyn area uh, with Pregler's picture on it. If you do see him, please contact us <laughs> on Twitter at Noons Magician. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, Syracuse had a bye, but that did not keep football from happening. And the rest of the football world had some had some weird games, including one do, that do we, is very important we, to us. Um, Ooh, yeah, what's that? Before we get to, like, college football, do we now become a uh, Riley Dixon promotional website again? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we ever officially stopped, but I think uh, – I think after that beautiful, beautiful Riley Dixon fake punt, um, we we should and by beautiful I mean he he kind of underthrew him, but I'll give it to him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he is back in the pantheon of all things Syracuse. The the thing that kind of frustrated me is that I saw a couple of people on Twitter who were complaining that Fox was comparing Riley Dixon to Johnny Hecker, hmm. and while Johnny Hecker had some in terms of like the fake plays yeah. that Johnny Hecker famously ran for yep. the Rams, both in St. Louis and in Los Angeles. Uh, but th- those people clearly do not know what Riley Dixon <laughs> did during his Heisman campaign. Absolutely. They, they missed that whole era of the, the Dixoning. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if anyone didn't see, Dixon uh, for the Rams had a nice, uh, nice fake punt pass to, um, I can't remember who the completion was to, but uh, gave the Rams a fourth or first down, which they consequently squandered. So, um, yeah. Because it was the Rams. Right, exactly. Um, beyond Am- that. Amazing to see the decline of the Rams offense this season. Yeah, yeah. In one, one off season, it's amazing what can happen. It's amazing what happens when you lose out to Buckham Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minor, minor detail. Um, I, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that prior to today's one o'clock game, I did text Mr. Pregler, and this may be why he is missing an action, uh, because the Bills decided to take the Steelers somewhere and leave them there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They, they were lost for after the first drive of the game, so um, I, I don't know if they've found the rest of the team yet, but uh, the Bills, uh, I, I, have to, I have to get my, my poke in on our resident Steelers fan who's not here. They're probably auditioning kickers. <laughs> <sighs> they're probably looking at Syracuse and auditioning kickers. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> both in both terms of football. Yeah. Do uh, 
do we want? We might do, as well get that. Do out we want to go? First. Yeah. Do we want to go where we where we should go since we are a soccer podcast? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I and what I said on Friday, I think is very very apropos of this Syracuse season so far. Syracuse is Manchester United. Yeah. Basically, and basically plays through their competition in terms of somehow drawing and losing to Vermont and Cornell, but then defeating Clemson and Wake Forest. Right. Now, to be fair, at the time, Cornell was ranked 22nd. Uh, they, uh, I don't think anything's come out yet today. I but basically, tomorrow, that's but... the same as Manchester United losing to Brighton. Yeah, oh, 100%. Because Brighton is like a respectable team, but not a great team by any level of the imagination. Right, solid mid-table team. And it took an, an own goal and a, a penalty to do it. Exactly. So, you know. Um, and so this is where we start blaming Steve for jinxing Syracuse's national title aspirations due to his comments last week. Well, we would have if it wasn't for <laughs> Friday's game. So that Cornell game happened last Tuesday. Friday, uh, number Friday four at the time, yeah. Wake Forest came in to the Syracuse Soccer Stadium. And they left 2-0 uh, losers because Syracuse put on a master class from the opening, like outside of a couple of, you know, long route one balls from Wake Forest, there was nothing they were doing to break Syracuse down. Which is impressive because as good as Wake Forest has been for the past decade or so, it almost seems like every time Wake Forest comes to Syracuse, they just can't get anything done. If, if memory serves me correctly, Syracuse has done very well at home against Wake Forest, who again has been one of the top programs for the past decade or so. Yeah, and it's been it's been kind of weird to see, but um, similar to how no matter where SU and Clemson are ranked, it always ends up being like a one goal affair between the two, and probably yeah. should be closer. Um, for some reason, Mac just has this thing with Wake when they come to town, and uh, yeah, worked out. Uh, definitely worked out on Friday as they defeated the. It was a technically it was a seven versus four matchup, or seven versus three, but I think uh, it was seven four. Syracuse had already lost early in the week, so who knows yeah. where that actually will fall out after um, after this week. I'm pretty sure Syracuse will be rising in the rankings again. Yeah, probably evens out. They yeah. might. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay at seven. Yeah, yeah. Either that or like a, a moderate tip up, just for you know everyone yeah. has that. Everyone can have that you know Brighton game like you're mentioning. So, um, so yeah. Uh, congrats to the the men's soccer team for another showing. Also, congrats to the women today who went toe-to-toe with number two Virginia and drew them 2-2. So, and that's at Virginia as yeah. well. So, you know, that's very impressive. And they did it, they did it at the extreme end, scoring within the first 15 minutes, I think, and then and then equalizing in the last two minutes, I want to say. Yep. Yeah, it was a very late equalizer, which, mm-hmm. hey, I, what whatever uh, Nikki Adams is doing with that program, it's been... Uh, a turnaround to say the least so which is impressive considering that we're used to seeing that Syracuse women's soccer program going over and ACC play over the past like go pretty much almost in its entirety since joining the ACC yeah it's it's been a rough rough go at it for them and I I think and that's and that's in large part also due to because the ACC and women's soccer is just nuts similar to the ACC and men's soccer yeah, uh, oh. because like in, in women's soccer, it seems like Florida State and North Carolina trade national championships every year. Right, and this team 
lost one nil to North Carolina, uh, beat Miami three um, one, and then you know the the other two games they lost in conference were both close, two goal affairs at two uh, nil at Wake, and then uh, lost one nil to BC. So they're playing with everybody, and we'll see we'll see how the rest of the they've got four games left on the slate, and we'll see how that pans out for them. So we know the football programs are doing good. Surprisingly, the football program is also doing good as well. Uh, unfortunately, no game day, though, for Syracuse Orange football. Uh, ESPN game day is going to see a different kind of orange in the Tennessee Volunteers down in Knoxville for Alabama-Tennessee, which is a top six matchup. It's better than a top 20 matchup, but... I, I I know some Orange fans are going to be somewhat disappointed after, you know, this past weekend uh, game day was at uh, Kansas or TCU Kansas. I mean, and that I, was a good game. That was a good game in itself as well. So yeah. that lived up to the hype. That, uh, that just means we need to win two more on the trot. And when we host Notre Dame, they may come, you know, no, no well, big that's deal. If Notre Dame continues to somehow right its ship. <laughs> Slightly suck less. Suck slightly suck less, which is basically what Notre Dame is attempting to do this season. Yeah, that's I still I still can't wrap my head around what's going on with them, you know. But mm-hmm. whatever, here we are. Um, yeah, I God, I'm I went I pull I went and pulled up the Notre Dame scores for the year, and it's just like <laughs> this makes no sense exactly. at all. <laughs> and so. I get like BYU is a good team as well. Yeah. First of all, that that whole weird thing of the I I get neutral slight games at the beginning of the year. It's week six. Right. Why are we sho- why are we shoehorning a neutral site game at this time? It it really doesn't really doesn't make any sense, but I guess well, I guess you're looking at two programs that don't really care. <laughs> like, that is true. What's uh, yeah. Uh, and it's probably some contractual thing. Like we got stuck with them in the the uh, uh, game twenty eighteen, yeah, at Yankee Stadium. So, um, yeah, Notre Dame hits Stanford and UNLV before we get to host them on the 29th. Then they get to go to Clemson. So maybe they look over Syracuse. Who knows? I mean, they'll still have to pay attention to Stanford a little bit, you less so UNLV, who is still a respectable program, but it's. It's a while before we get to that game. Let's get to what Syracuse is tasked with this coming Saturday. That's taking on NC State, uh, dropping a spot in the AP poll to 15. So it'll be 15 versus 18. Syracuse rising in both polls to 18 in the coaches in the AP poll. Uh, NC State was 15 in the AP poll, 13 in the coaches poll. So that will be the first ranked matchup in the Carrier slash JMA Wireless Dome. First ranked versus ranked matchup since 2001. And that was a 22 versus 25 Syracuse-Boston College game. Hmm. I don't think many people would have guessed that Boston College was the other ranked team. That what year was Syracuse that? faced as a ranked team. That was 2001. Okay. Uh, so that was that Matty Ice? No, I don't think so. I th- because Matty Ice was uh, was mid to mid or late two thousands, right? Uh, I don't know about that. Well, it might be. 
Uh, but either way, I mean, like Quickly you said, looking there's... looking up Mac Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, yeah. Uh... Brian St. Pierre. Uh, 2000, oh, I remember those 2007. years. I remember that team. Yep, Brian St. Pierre was the QB. So God, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't miss much. Um... <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Yeah. But Who's it, Tom he ended O'Brien? Up... What's that? <laughs> Who's Tom O'Brien, their head coach? Uh, current head coach of nowhere. Retired in 2014. So, yeah. Looks looks like he was the head coach at NC State for before Dave Dorian. Oh, that would explain it. So, um, Dave Dorian gets the credit for writing that ship. Writing his yes. ship. Exactly. So But but still with Dave Dorian, NC State still hasn't severely NC stated like we have seen them um in past seasons. Right. The oh, NC stating is very similar to the Narduzian. Yes. Yeah. But it's... I mean Pitt is full on Narduzian this year, like Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um also the way they're running the ball, uh, what are what are our options here? Is it either hope that Narduzzi Narduzzi's the hell out of it before he gets to us and just runs their running back into the ground? Yeah, that's okay. the hope. Okay, cool. Big, because he 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 Pitt's running back set program records six touchdowns over three hundred yards, but he did that on thirty seven carries. Right. That's not a manageable work workload for the entire season. What did what do you mean? Did we did we see anything like that last year at all? And no, then a, no, a drastic no. decrease in in productivity at the last three games? No, no, not at all. Oh, what okay. will give you that what will give you that idea? I it's almost like deja vu all over again. Oh wonderful, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah. But NC State has a couple of uh now that we've talked pit football, uh yeah. <laughs> NC State has a because that's the that's the most important thing to talk about pit football right, right. now. We we've gone to Notre Dame, we've gone to Pitt. At one point are we gonna jump back to like Florida State? Oh, we did talk Florida State already. We thought we did yep. definitely talk Florida State. <laughs> so we we've touched talked on every, Clemson for a we, second as well. We, we've talked to everyone except the next game up, which is the most important game on the schedule in NC State without uh well, at, at present, uh currently without their uh starting quarterback in Devin Leary who left the game this weekend with a shoulder injury. I, as of me talking right now, I have not heard anything, and your face does not make me seem any different. So uh, he was sitting in the second half in a sling on his throwing shoulder. Um, no matter what, that bodes well for Syracuse and poor for Mr. Leary, who we hope recovers as soon as he can, hopefully not too quick. This was more important than for for NC State as well, not just losing Leary. Um, Corey Smith down at uh, NC State's 24-7 site, Pack Pride, uh, gave us the actual guys that they also lost, not just Leary, but Devin Carter and Demi Sumo Kagbane. Oh, I think that's really? how you pronounce his last name. The running back yeah, there? So, yeah, they're starting running back and their number two wide receiver in terms of yards gained this season behind Thayer Thomas. So, NC State potentially heading into this game could be without their starting quarterback, their starting running back, and their number two wide receiver. Yeah, that that, that helps the, the orange. That would little. definitely help the orange in terms of that case. 
Um, that's like that's not downplay that that's significant and that could actually help to start swing things into Syracuse's favor especially their running back um who I'm just going to call Demi now by his first name because <laughs> yeah um I haven't bothered to look up the pronunciation guide for that um as of yet and I don't have a whiteboard to write down a pronunciation guide above my computer um still up there by the way it's still up there um when you look at Demi's stats this year, because that's the more important thing. Like, we know what Devin Leary... Uh, Devin Leary is a known commodity. Right. I don't think there's any uh, uh, disputing that, and there's probably most no use going over his stats because, unlike Fred and Armstrong, uh, who was regressing, this year, Leary is doing what you expect Devin Leary to do. Yeah, absolutely. For the running back, he has almost... He is a yard under 300 carries, net carries, uh, 300 net yards this year on uh, 52 attempts. That's 5.8 yards per carry, three touchdowns. Um, and has played in all six games, obviously, but will, uh, could be missing the next game. Right. They're back. They have a, a good backup option as well in Jordan Houston, um, who's actually carried the ball more times than uh, Demi. He's carried it uh, 12 more times, 64 attempts to 52, but has only gotten 260 yards, uh, net yards. That's a 4.1 average. So over a yard and a half less on average and no touchdowns on the season as well. Right. So while there's more balance in the NC State rushing attack, it's still a talent drop off. You would you would have to say. Right now, the other thing of note was against Florida State, when Chambers came in, he only attempted one pass. That was the big thing. Yes, they, um, um, NC State's backup quarterback is Jack Chambers, who I was saying in the pre-show. If you could pick a name for a backup quarterback, Jack Chambers is probably the name for your backup quarterback. It's it's like second tier to Rex Culpepper, but just yeah. barely. I mean, no, it's second tier to Austin Wilson. Come on. Let's, <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest here. Uh, I'll, I'll get to why I brought up Austin Wilson in a bit later oh, on in this show. Uh, spoilers, teases, <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. Um, but like you said, Chambers only attempted one pass. I thought he, I thought I saw a stat he didn't attempt any pass. Which could also be um, a thing. Yeah, either way, it isn't a good look. <laughs> it isn't a good look. Um, in total this season, he's played in four games. Uh, six of 14 passing for 48 yards. Uh, one throwing touchdown. Uh, Chambers has run the ball. Um, 11 rushing attempts. Uh, 58 yards gain. 12 yards loss, probably on sack yardage. Um, so, that could be a... That could be something to look at, but Syracuse has already proven this year with Malik Cunningham and, to a certain extent, Brennan Armstrong, that they're okay if they have to deal with a mobile quarterback. Yeah, and that's uh, the fact that they've been able to prove that this year is a drastic difference from what we had seen <laughs> in previous seasons. Yeah, yeah, any any previous year, and even if that uh, even if that defense of a rushing quarterback is predicated on 
just put Mikel Jones on him and hope that things don't go sideways. I'm taking Jones in that, you know, 10 times out of 10. Yeah, me too. And so probably the big overall takeaway from all of this as well is that NC State's main weapon, Thayer Thomas, is probably not going to be as effective, which can only help Garrett Williams, who, as we saw against Charlie Jones, if he's matched up against a very, very talented wide receiver, which Thomas is, he's going to need some help in terms of whether it's an additional help, safety help, or or something, because uh, one-on-one, there are times when he can get burned. But if NC State's not going to throw the ball with Chambers, this could look different. Right. If it's going to be, if it's going to be a strictly, you know, break glass in case of, if it's going to be Garrett Schrader last year. Yeah. Then cool. I like our odds there. And, and of no, Thomas doesn't have any rushing stats this year either. So there's not going to be any kind of jet sweep plays. Right. That would, uh, at least in theory, there's probably, or at least any well-drilled jet sweep, jet sweep plays. Yeah. I mean, you probably have to put that in at some point just to give him the ball. Oh yeah, because to, there's to find no because there's no him. way because there's no way you're probably you're getting the ball, leaving the ball out of one of your most talented players if you're not going to throw it. Yeah, yeah, minor, minor details there. That's the big thing with NC State, and it's and so that adds a different layer to this game. We'll have to watch as the week progresses. Uh, to the NC State beat writers about what Dave Dorian says about the status of his players. But this, if those three guys are out, and Leary, Demi, and Devin Carter, this swings a lot into Syracuse's favor. I would think so. And I'm very, I'm curious uh, what, I'm curious what, um, Vegas is going to, I, and again, I haven't I, seen you're anything. Reading my mind, I'm going to DraftKings right now <laughs> to, uh, to look at the odds right now. Oh, am I reading this correct? Oh, all righty. Guess the line. Oh, Jesus. Uh... This is interesting. This is very, very interesting. Let's say, I'm trying to think, home team, six to, what is it, 13 versus 18. I'm going Q's plus three? No. Q's minus three? No. Q's minus five. What? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that line's going to move unless <laughs> unless they know something from NC State that we don't, that those guys are definitively out. Yeah. Because, wow. I um, was not expecting that at all. I was expecting, like, you were Q's plus three or something around that area. Q's minus five? Q's minus five. Like, that's more than a touchdown from what you and I just were thinking, apparently. Exactly. Also, they have the over-under at 44. Take the over. Well, I mean, this is something we should get on to, because especially when you take into consideration the NC State injuries that 
Uh, DraftKings is probably yeah. in- indicating as well. These are two good defenses. Right. Mm. Like, like on NC State side, like I didn't see anything about any defensive injuries. And while I don't know that much about NC State's defense, the, it's it's been a highly ranked unit, especially in SP Plus, for pretty much the entire season. Yeah, I mean, they, they were able to hold the Clemson team that, I mean, they've scored 40-plus in every other game to 30 points. So, well, actually, no, BC last, uh, never mind, bad example, because BC <laughs> held Clemson to 31 points. So, I, and I don't know, held maybe a, a liberal use of the term there, but, um, hmm, yeah. Yeah, Either so way. In, in SP Plus right now, NC State's defense is 12. Okay. That's So you solid. may want to take the under in this game with yeah. Syracuse's uh, defense at 45. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Especially if we're the only ones running on full steam on offense. Yeah, as full steam as you can get on right. offense. Yeah. Rhino... Rhino in peace. Yeah. So. But this, this kind of ties into nicely into two articles I want to get into on the site this week. And this is part of the previews that I'll be doing for Sunday articles that I have on the site this week. Before we get to that, though, we're approaching halftime. And we'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors of the podcast, Homefield Apparel. Your go-to shop for all your great vintage Syracuse gear and... As always, you can use code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your next purchase when you go to homefieldapparel.com for all your great Syracuse comfy uh, Syracuse clothing. Mm-hmm. You want a 90s S logo? You want a V to the goat? You want to flaunt the Syracuse 2003 National Championship? We'll be our guest, and you can go to Home Field Apparel to do just that. So homefieldapparel.com. Thank you guys for always sponsoring the podcast and use code Noons, N-U-N-E-S. Check out for 10% off. So I think we do also need to get on Connor for a 1959 National Championship shirt. That will be very coming very soon. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. I uh, I would actually be all over that because people would wonder what the <laughs> hell we're talking about <laughs> because yeah. most people don't remember don't, that far back. Don't know that, yeah, don't know that Syracuse had a national title. Thank oh, you, The even... Express, for telling me that Syracuse had a national title. <laughs> oh, God. Even better. Uh the 1987 Don McPherson Heisman. Or, no, yes. no. The one they really need to make? 1990 Men's Lacrosse National Championships. Oh, that's... <laughs> um, so, do you, do you have to, like, like show, like, the trophy buried under a car or something? <laughs> you just Yeah, you just show it missing. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no trophy on there. There's just a blank spot where the trophy was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Some, someday that'll, that'll come out. But yep. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> it, it it may not be in our lifetime, but someday no. that will come. That's that entire story will come out. That would be absolutely amazing. But so let's get back to talking about football, which is probably why you all here. Um, well, what I was could, they could be talking. They could be here for basketball because you guys have been talking basketball a lot on the site. Well, the basketball season, as I wrote in our first profiles. Um, we might touch on that on the end if we have some time. Um, but as I alluded to on the site this week, hey, this, this came up pretty fast, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, a, it's amazing what optimism around the Syracuse program has September fly by. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, five and zero. Usually, when we get to week three, we're longing for basketball season. <laughs> right. All right, we've been beat down twice already, and we played an FCS school. What? Uh, what? <laughs> when? When are they? When's When's March Madness or Midnight Madness again? <laughs> exactly. Midnight Madness is actually, if I recall correctly, it's actually this Friday. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And they had the <laughs> uh, the Rochester the, showcase. This the week, Rochester right? event. Yeah. So. And good to see that. Um, as they've started to do a bit more in the past as well, when they were still doing Midnight Madness stuff or Orange Madness stuff, yep. um, that both basketball programs were involved. Right. Um, not just not just the men's team, but the women's team as well. Yep. So, the... Hmm. Are they... Hmm, sorry, we're down the basketball rabbit hole. Are yeah. they on Friday going to, like, try and make it a, a huge, crazy event thing, or is it just going to be, like, scrimmage and actually watch basketball uh porque no less does well because usually they fail at the former and then they forget about the latter so usually I'm... it's just porque no no <laughs> no <laughs> porque no <laughs> so well, yeah. well we'll see we will see on friday and is that televised uh, i'm sorry is that televised or streamed i actually do not know well, check the site later in the week for any details yeah. <laughs> on that, because I'm sure somebody's going to look it up. This is what happens when you have the podcast being mainly run by the football guys. Right. 100%. And and while I do partake in the basketball stuff, um, my, my primary focus here is to focus on talking about football. Right. And that's the that's the thing, <laughs> is like, the I, I am 100% a Syracuse basketball fan as soon as the football season ends. <laughs> yeah. Like, as soon as there's no hope left in the football season, then I'll shift gears. But uh, we have which hope surprisingly this year. is coming a lot later than we expected. <laughs> right, which I don't think anybody's going to complain about. No, especially the odds makers, because apparently we we have uh, <laughs> moved up in the odds for the ACC championship. <laughs> that's that's fun as well. Holy yeah, yeah that that just seems weird. Um, but there's there's no chance. Uh, in any of our rational brains, the irrational brains maybe, but not in not in rationality. Yeah, guess what the so we already said that Syracuse is minus five favorites. Guess what the straight up money line is for Syracuse? No idea. Minus two ten. What? <laughs> Go home, Vegas. You're drunk. Either wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> Whatever works, man. Somebody's somebody's making some bank or losing some bank on this one. I guarantee it. Or they know something we don't, which is usually the case. I'll take it if they know something we don't, because if yeah, if Syracuse goes six and zero, uh, yeah. college football already didn't know how to deal with a five and zero Kansas team. Right. How are they going to deal with a six and zero Syracuse team? <laughs> <laughs> Things will implode. And then we're at if Death Syracuse Valley goes, at 6-0. and Yeah, if Syracuse goes 6-0, and how is College Game Day going to react when they have to deal with the very real possibility that they have to go to Clemson for a team that they didn't expect to have to go to Clemson for? Right. Yeah, there's probably plenty on that, that Clemson, or, uh, Clemson <laughs> schedule. They're like, eh, maybe we'll be there for that one. Maybe we'll be there for that one. The Q scheme is definitively not the one they were yeah. heading to Death Valley for. 
and the game time hasn't been announced uh, for that uh, game as well. Usually, that gets announced. Usually, I guess the I think that gets announced today, and I yeah, that got the don't flex, remember where I saw anything about that. Yeah, I think that got the you know the the, the one the one we hold. Yeah. So, so. I mean, if Sarah, well, we'll see. I mean, that um, might be the nooner on ABC or something. Yeah, so. that's a perfect noon. That's a perfect nooner for ABC. Or, or it could also what would also be a good purchase for that. That would be a great seven p.m. McDonough game. Ooh, yeah. I'll take the Homer call on that. Yeah. Excuses <laughs> everywhere, especially from Newhouse. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know why you have two of them on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> One of which is still missing right. in a Korean bar in Brooklyn. Yep. Sounds about right. So, um, and you know, I'm, uh, I'm like half one. Yeah, close I was, enough. I was on the same hill. <laughs> yeah, separated by the back service road of the dome. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, it uh, seems... let's let's preview the two articles that I'm going to be hedging off for the site. Okay. So, um, no, the big one we talked about is okay. Chris Elmore out, that's obviously hampered the Syracuse run game. And we've seen it especially with Sean Tucker, the stats not being where we expected him to be, in a large part due to a lack of blocking at the line. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you saw this clip, Steve, but there was a viral clip that went around Twitter this week um, from NFL Live and from that was posted by Dan Orlovsky, one of obviously the main hosts on NFL Live. Yeah. And and essentially, he, as the quarterback guy, because Dan Olowski, former U, uh, UConn quarterback and former river dancing quarterback out of the end zone for the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. um, he he said he, he was basically leading a discussion with Ryan Clark and Marcus Spears, two good in, good in their heyday uh, defenders, about shotgun versus center yeah on and obviously in Syrac- for Syracuse that doesn't matter as much because you're almost always lining up in shotgun but the but the main thing the main way the main thing to take away from that was deception and play action because what both of them said what mark what Ryan Clark and Marcus Pierce said is that lining up on their setter was so much harder to play against yes because it opened up the ability for play action and good largely do in part to the uh, do in part that when you're going in play action out of and center, you're holding and disguising the ball a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the shotgun, most of the time you have the running back lined up to the side. Yeah, and you, you can when you're a defender, you can easily see the ball. Right, your only chance so, at a ball fake is straight out in front of you. Yes, like, exactly. That's it. Or. You, or you do what uh, Wake Forest did last season against Syracuse, which is have uh, Sam Hartman and his running back hold the ball together for three seconds before deciding what the hell to do. Right. The the weirdest weirdest QB read ever. Yeah, exactly. That was every play. Right? That threw yeah. me oh, yeah. for a good – that threw me throughout that, the whole first quarter. Like, what did he do? Yeah, at least the first drive. I remember all of us are like, huh? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Oh, that's what they're trying for. Okay, got it. Um, and so, 
obviously uh, everyone very um everyone on twitter loved that discussion because it's a great read into the mindset of football players that you know we normally don't get and just you know the quick hitters that you see on on broadcasts or in studios and pre or post game shows or in halftime reports uh but this was like an eight minute segment um which you should look up steve on your oh 100 like because I'm, it was i'm eight, now all in <laughs> it's a great discussion um and what got me thinking was that you know a lot of a lot of football players replied a lot of former players replied yeah. saying you know that was a great discussion and out of their own two cents about the discussion and mm-hmm. Robert Griffin is one that uh, really stood out to me because he said in 2012, what they did and had a lot of success was run a lot of pistol. Yeah. And basically get the same effect of disguising run versus pass. But also and the that, ease of space with or that you would get yes. in a shotgun. Exactly. And, and that worked for them in great effect in 2012. For Robert Griffin, I think he was on the Ravens that time, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, or whatever team he was uh, on. Because might I know have been the, the artist have been formerly the, known as the Redskins. Yes, uh, it might have been that team as well. Um, commanders? Now Commanders, yeah, yes. okay. I, I literally said that because I couldn't remember what the hell they called them now. <laughs> and they're Washington non-fungible tokens because yes. WFT, very close to NFT. Yep, 100%. I really like about the fall. I'm hoping that doesn't. Yeah, minor details. But, um, yeah, and Clark, I, I can only imagine that discussion because Clark being a safety would definitely have uh, have yeah. some insight and, on and not And not only Clark being a safety, Marcus Spears being a defensive Spears, yeah. lineman. Yep. So because they're obviously the first guys you have to decide, run versus pass. Mm-hmm. And and because for Marcus Spears, that's important for him to know. Because if he can, because if he can clearly see the ball to determine run versus pass, mm-hmm. that should be... That that makes obviously changing how you attack the ball carrier a lot different. And so, with Robert Griffin's uh, response about running pistol, Syracuse has run a bit of pistol this year. But what we see most of the time is the traditional shotgun formation, where Tucker is lined up to one side of Schrader. And Andy brought up on Twitter a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, about Syracuse, probably should use a bit more pistol because it gave Tucker a bit more uh, effectiveness in the in the run game. Yep. And especially now with Griffin's comments, I think that should be used even more because you have a running back who can be effect who is a who is an effective running back, and you have a lot of and when you run in the pistol. You give Tucker even that much more room to decide where and when he wants to cut. Yeah. Now no, that's on the run side. And then on the pass side, it helps Schrader because you disguise the pass and not only he gets more time as well, but you, you help create deception. And Syracuse is an already confusing team to play against because they run while they run a lot of pre snap motion, a lot of the pre snap motion that they run looks very similar from play to play. Yeah. So you, because it's usually Aronde Gatsadin moving from one side to the other, or it's Devon Cooper moving from outside the numbers to in. And, yeah. and basically it 
creates a lot of deception in that way because the Syracuse's plays look very similar in setup, but then once the plays actually run, it looks different, and that could be the same when you obviously do play action because that's what play action is designed to do, be deceptive. Right. And you have a talented running back in Sean Tucker who could probably excel in a pistol formation a lot more just due to his running style, and same for Syracuse. And in terms of the passing game, they could excel a lot more in the pistol to open up more play action opportunities. Yeah, I, I, it's it's something that we've seen executed and seen in the playbook, but to what degree? And they has been doing some weird things this year in the sense that it's almost like, and yeah, Wagner is Wagner. But prior to that, it was almost like he was shutting the playbook down. Like we yeah. almost saw more, more interesting pre-snap motions, more interesting cuts, more interesting routes earlier in the season. And I'm curious what what affected that during Purdue and Virginia because those two games, they had to tighten the playbook up. And I don't know whether it was an execution thing or they saw something on film or what, but they really they really didn't didn't utilize a lot of what we had seen the razzle dazzle of this offense being. I think and I think what you what you're seeing a lot, I think it I think it's part of the reason of around a Gadsden's emergence. Mm-hmm. Um don't, and, don't and need why, to play around uh, as much because you've got someone like him that can just make it happen I th- or I think it's more so of a negative in terms of he's the only guy who can mm. run a route that can be seen and deemed effective. Because Schrader is sharing the ball a lot more in the first two games to different receivers. Right. But we've heard in some uh comments from the coach from uh Babers after the Purdue and Virginia games, that some of the misreads from Schrader and the and the sacks that he's taken were uh, sometimes in part due to receivers running wrong routes or receivers running uh, not ideal routes either. Yeah, I uh, and you know what? We didn't touch on it so much last week. You brought up a point there. A lot of the sacks Schrader's taken this year have not been line sacks coverage sacks yeah they've been coverage sacks or schrader does something stupid stupid sacks and even like those may get credited to an offensive lineman or whatever but they are not their fault like when he runs out of a pocket in tight on someone and then gets sacked when there's still space in the pocket and he could have stepped up which has happened numerous times this year that's not on the line yeah it'll go on the stat sheet like it is but uh, yeah, that's that's something that's really got to, and hopefully something like this bye week, uh, and maybe a little more comfortability and familiarity will uh, get him to settle down a little. But we'll see. And I, I think that's another way that the pistol can help out Syracuse as well, because when you open up that play action, it'll you know keep defenses thinking, and because it's going to keep defenses thinking. It'll give time for Schrader to make a couple more reads, especially if his first read isn't great. Right. Now, I guess the other part of that would be familiarity of Schrader, uh, comfortability of Schrader in either of those formations. Because if you're looking, you know, if we're playing out of the shotgun, he doesn't particularly, particularly have like a formulaic drop and rhythm that he needs to get into. 
it's catch, set, and fire. Versus, you know, if you're under center or you're in a pistol, to get your, you know, what would be a standard five-step, seven-step drop, you're, you've got less, but you're still, you're moving in a different, you're moving in a different matter, manner, and whether that's something he's comfortable with, too, um, another thing that's oft uh, not, not thought about. Here's to hope. I mean, he's a mobile QB, so you'd think he would be, but I don't know. Another another question on the. You, you you would hope that the footwork to hand off a guy behind you and into the pistol and the pistol formation is not that difficult, especially for a mobile quarterback like Schrader. It's not, but he's not been used to it for a while. So I guess if you're going to install it over the bye week and then the next week of practice would be the the time to do it. And, and Schrader's run some snaps. Under center before also. I mean, right. those were obviously, you know, goal line snaps. And Syracuse rarely has used a pistol. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've used it this season, but not to the same level of usage that they've used the normal shotgun for. And again, are we comfortable with Vetterell of doing it? That is very true as well. So how is he under center? So a lot of... I mean, I w- I, I'm not going to go as far in my article to... to uh, to insinuate that Schrader should be lining up under center. I don't think that's actually a good idea. Right. What I do think is that Syracuse should run a lot more pistol, though. Yeah, I can see that. I think you've made a, a compelling argument so far. Yeah. And I will be reading the rest of it whenever you write it. <laughs> um, the uh, last thing I want to talk about, and this will take up most of the rest of our time, because it's, a, it's, it's an elephant in the room kind of thing. I, I'm titling the article Dino Baber's Greatest Challenge. And it's a trend that in Syracuse football went under Dino Babers. You probably wouldn't think of normally, but then when you think about it for just a second, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a problem. Syracuse is coming off a of bye week. Ugh. Steve's shaking his head I know, because he's I know what I was about to say. Dino Babers after a bye week. Syracuse teams under Dino Babers under a bye week have not been good. It's what, and two and four? I have it at two and five. Okay. I actually have it at two and six, I think. Huh. Yeah, I think someone on our site said two and four, but I've done a bit more digging because remember in 2019 and 2020, Syracuse had two bye weeks. Oh. Yeah, so even with the stupid last year, that's still a plus two on the bye week column. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So I did I did the painstaking thing of going through the Dino Baby seasons and then looking at the bye weeks and seeing what the results were. 2016, bye week was week 9, October 29th. The game after, blowout loss at Clemson, 54 nothing. Okay. And this is the reason why I said uh, I would bring up Austin Wilson. That was a game that Dunchy got hurt in at the end of the first quarter, and Austin Wilson was forced to come in. Nice. Yay. Things you forgot about. (laughs) Yeah. Add to the list of, oh, games that I forgot ever done she got hurt in. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those. 2017, also week nine, 
also a week nine bye, and that was October 28th. The game after, at Florida State, a bit closer, but still a loss, 27-24. Mm-hmm. If you recall, that was the year that Syracuse had the upset against Clemson and then lost every single game after the, the game against Clemson. Right. 2018, the 10-3 season, bye week was week seven, around this time, October 13th. The game after was the UNC game. And if you'll remember from the 2018 season, that was the Paul Dungy put in DeVito game right. that Syracuse won 40-37 in double overtime. Mm-hmm. So while it was a win, it was definitely not a clean win by any stretch of the imagination. 2019, that was the first of the two by years. Week six, so exactly the same time. Ironically, after week six, the week six by, Syracuse also played NC State. Ask John Casillo how that game went. Oh, that was that game? That was that game. That was the 16-10 game at NC State. I watched that from a Buffalo Wild Wings. You probably had a better viewing experience than most. It was much better than what John was going through, so yeah. Yeah. The second the second buy that they had Syracuse was week 11, um, November 9th, and the game after was the Duke of the Demolishing, so you really can't take too much after, from that mm-hmm. because that Duke team was bad. The 2020, weird year. Again, so Syracuse had a buy after the Georgia Tech win uh, week four and then completely crapped the bet against Duke. Okay. Had, an, had another buy. And week 10, November 14th, went to Louisville, lost again, 30 nothing. And in 2021, week 10, November 6th, again went to Louisville after the bye. That was the Lamar Jackson game where he got honored and 41-3. Yeah. So what you're saying is not great. Not great. And like most of the time, very not great. Most of the great, most of the time, very not great. 2017 only close loss a 27-24 loss to Florida State the two wins 2018 could have very well been a loss if Tommy DeVito uh, didn't perform the way that he was supposed to perform and 2019 the win against Duke that was you, you should have won that game because that Duke team was not good yeah so one thing I think to be in the current team's favor is the drastic turnover in coaching staff. Yeah. Because while Dino is still Dino, a lot of the, um, you know, yes, they're traveling this week or last week for recruiting and whatnot, but I guarantee Anae and White and Beck and the the whole crew are all also working on a game plan. Um, or improving things or changing things. Whereas um, I get a good hunch that the prior administration may or may not have, um, just judging by past performances. So this is kind of the first time that he's had a full house of not his um, actual, like, I was going to say his family, but the Ohana thing is kind of his thing. So uh, (laughs) that's where that hesitation came from. Um, Like, yeah, not a bunch of his people that he brought with him up the ranks. So maybe we see a bit different feel and a bit different result. 
I don't know. Maybe. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm hoping that's that's Is what it, it could at least mean. The thing that's been like mainly frustrating is that when you look at those games after the buy is that Syracuse like looked like looks lethargic like they look like they come out slow in those games which yeah. is just so weird yeah you would think that'd be and yeah I don't know bye weeks are always weird in themselves but usually you know you can kind of wrap your head around what's going on in the next week after and not still be sitting in that bye week. So there's got to be something, something actively happening for it to be this bad or just a very, very weird coincidence for the last eight years. Because like Tino's always preached the same thing after each bye. It's like the opportunity to get healthy. You know, that's the main thing that he loves about the bye week is that, you know, Syracuse gets to get healthy in terms of guys with minor injuries don't have to play for a week. Right. So they can rest up. Like, obviously, that doesn't help the guys like Elmore and Thompson and Lockett, who are out with season-ending injuries, and Jones. Right. But it might mean but, McDonald's back. Or yeah, something along those like lines. Derek it could mean, like, a Derek McDonald is back. Um, something like that. It could, it could mean, like, a Matthew Bergeron and Sean Tucker, who got dinged up at the end of the Wagner game because of reasons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, those guys are more so full born than they are, could have been. Yeah, I don't know, and there's only one way to tell. Oh, hold on. Ooh. The uh, what the hell? The Kali Matrix rankings? What the hell is that? I have no idea what that is. Uh, apparently, it's a bias-free college football uh, matrix rankings. Um from a very weird-looking site. Uh, but Syracuse is ranked at 11th in that, apparently. Thanks, Twitter. <laughs> go home. You're drunk. Go home. You're drunk. I'm going to go... Ch to end off this uh, podcast, I'm actually going to go to um, a site that I like a lot. It's VegasInsider.com. Uh, because we do have the luxury of... Um, we do have the luxury of... Uh, DraftKings, um, as most of you know, uh, we're partnered with uh, DraftKings, um, and you've seen a couple of those on on the website. A couple of those, um, what I want to say, uh, articles that we've all written. Yep. And all the polls um, so, and whatnot. Yeah. So so we use those uh, uh, odds a lot, but. Uh, Syracuse, Inside, uh, Vegas Insider gives me a whole list of other uh, websites to uh, look at. And everyone in on those odds have Syracuse somewhere between negative uh, minus four and minus minus four and a half and minus five and a half. I, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, they've got to be seeing something we're not seeing. I, I, I know you, you usually have the opening odds articles yeah. uh, on the site. So I'm very interested to see your article and the, uh, the fervor 
that the, the, the sheer confusion is too like i'm gonna i in all honesty i'm going to write that tomorrow morning because i need some time to digest what the hell i'm <laughs> thinking about right now like how and and also i mean part of it is i want to see uh usually as strange as it is by the time i write the article even if i pre-write it uh in the evening the lines moved yeah and sometimes much more than others but I'll be very curious by tomorrow morning when I throw this thing together whether or not Jesus, you're right. In New York <laughs> I can actually see the Vegas Insider ones. So <laughs> yeah, four and a half, four, five and a half. Wow. And yeah. everything is like <laughs> so so yeah, the oh wait. Who's the first that they're showing? Cause I, I I'm hoping that's a misprint. Because there's no way that's a touchdown split. One of the uh, one of the lines that they have is actually minus four NC State, but I'm hoping that's a misprint. So that's the Vegas the Vegas Insider consensus is that first column. Oh, which is weird. That's weird. So yeah, all in all, we have no idea what Vegas is thinking, what we're thinking, or what we're in for this week. But I'm sure if you tune in next week, we'll be talking about what the hell happened. And hopefully, we have found Andy Fregler as well. Yeah, uh, you know, he may show up. Um, if if you do see one of our milk cartons about Brooklyn, again at the Inch Magician, please tell us if you have seen one Andrew Piker wandering <laughs> around a so, Korean karaoke bar. Oh, have you also? Uh, did you notice when you were looking? Uh, Moneyline, Q's like uh, take Caesars for example, uh, both at minus one ten. Q's hmm. and NC State both at minus one ten, even with a five point split. I don't. I don't know. What, uh, I don't know what's going on here. This. <laughs> what, what is this world twisted? As as Louis Van Hall would say. Clearly, college football doesn't know how to deal with an undefeated Syracuse. We'll give them the week to decide that. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't think we know how to deal with an undefeated Syracuse either. So. Um, <laughs> Tune yeah. in next week when you figure if Syracuse, if the odds makers are right. You get to tune in next week to see what a 6 and 0 Syracuse looks like. Yeah, you get to find out what we really have no idea <laughs> what this team is. So, yeah. Um that'll yeah, that'll do it uh for the News Magician podcast this week. I uh, thank you all so much for watching. If you are watching live on Twitch, like we always thank you for tuning in live on twitch.tv slash newsmagician. If you are uh, watching on Twitch, you can watch these episodes as we record them live on Twitch every Sunday at 8 p.m. there or thereabouts. And, of course, on your favorite audio podcast uh, platform of your choice as well. You can find them, um, Spotify, Apple, uh, wherever. Make sure you always read and review. Give us the rating. Share it with your friends. Comment as well so that we can expand the Ottoman Empire. And... Encourage everyone to listen to more Syracuse sports talk, whether that be a somehow undefeated Syracuse uh, football team or a somehow Manchester United-esque Syracuse football team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, if anyone's going to be up at the SU soccer game, I'll be up there with my son tomorrow. So, um. Syracuse Loyola tomorrow on the Hill, 6 p.m. Uh, we're Monday, 6 p.m. game. Mm -hmm. And you know what everyone is going to be saying in that game. We'll say it to the end of the podcast. Go Orange. Go Orange.